ho, ho, ho. It's that time of year again. It's time for us to dive deep into those conversations that we need to have with ourselves, our spouse, and our kids. Yep, it's time to dive into courageous Christmas conversations. Let's get deep. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. So as you guys know, last year we did a whole segment called Courageous Christmas Conversations, and they were important topics that you needed to cover with yourself, with your spouse, with your kids. And we are doing it again this year. So naturally, to kick us off, we're going to start with Christmas past, and we're going to talk about conversations to have with yourself for this week. Because as you know, 2021 flew by. I cannot believe it's about to be over, and we're heading into 2022. And when I think about the goals and intentions I set for this year, some I succeeded, some I definitely failed, um, a lot has happened. And so reflection is important. If you don't know where you messed up along the way, you don't know how to avoid making those same mistakes. So this week, we're dealing with Christmas past, specifically with our past selves, and how we can take the lessons we've learned from the year to help move us into a new season, a new stage of life, into new energy for 2022. Let's dive into it. So this year has definitely been an interesting year. Um in 2021 my baby turned one years old i have a three-year-old now and a lot has changed i mean if you think about this year there's been loss in my life there's been growth there's been some maturity um if you guys could think back to this time last year i was talking about quitting work and just staying at home and although i still have specific goals that lead me to a, a similar kind of idea like that um I, you know, sometimes you have to do what's best for your family, even if it's not best for you. And I will say that mentally this year has been, I don't know, exhausting. I even told, I even told Ethan that I've been running for so long, like I need a vacation. Like I've been working so much every day on so many different things. And I'm just kind of at the end of the year starting to feel a little bit burnt out and um, overstimulated to the point where I have deleted like social media accounts or I've stopped checking it as often. I've stopped working on there and all these other things because quite frankly, I'm tired and social media just, it, it, it is a powerful tool, but it can also be really exhausting. And so for instance, whenever I'm feeling bad about myself. I get on TikTok and look at body positivity and I start to feel good again. I'm like, oh my gosh, all these queens are gorgeous. I can be gorgeous in the size I'm in now. Um, But honestly, this year has made me really, I feel like it was a step back, but not necessarily in a bad way. What I mean is that there was a lot more growth I wanted to happen this year, business-wise, dream-wise, career-wise. And a lot has happened in the job I'm in now, career-wise. Like, a lot has transpired there. But the things and specific goals I have for my life have kind of feel like they're in this baby planning prepping stage. And it's really one of the most frustrating stages to be in. If you've ever started a weight loss journey, if you've ever written a book, if you've ever um, ran, worked your way up to running a marathon, if you've ever... Um, 
I don't know, try to make your own dress for the first time. Like those beginning stages are hard because I said this in a previous episode, your taste grows faster than your skill level. And so you'll look at things that you do or create or what you want for yourself or your body or whatever. And because in the beginning, it's kind of like a slow movement, you can get frustrated with how um, slow skills take to develop. And I think that's why when I think about my younger years, with certain things I wanted to learn or wanted to do, I gave up kind of easily because I thought I'd be better at it from the jump. And it's just kind of unrealistic to think about, I'm just magically going to be a health guru tomorrow. So continuing on with that, it's just that um, if you've been working on something for a year or for a week or a day or six months or whatever the time frame is, uh, just be aware of, you know, the reality of how long it takes to be good at something. And then one day you'll look at whatever you've been working on, whether it be your fitness level, whether it be um, writing a book or whatever, drawing. One day you'll look and you'll, you'll look at whatever you're working on and go, oh, wow, I wasn't that good six months ago. But it takes six months. And I think that um, at least for millennials, I will say this. It's really hard to be a millennial. Um, they say that we are the most educated, you know, for our age group. However, like we're paid the least and we all, a lot of us grew up on Disney and grew up being told if you go to college, it'll all work out. And the reality is if you go to college, you end up with a ton of student debt and you're not sure it's all going to work out. And so, um, And then we're all told that we can be entrepreneurs and you can follow your dreams. And I'm the first person to say 100%. But I think there's a reality that comes with that, that, um, you know, we weren't given the whole story. Yes, you can be an entrepreneur. Yes, you can achieve your dreams, whether they are financial, health, relationship, spiritual, whatever your goals are, you can achieve those. But honey, before you achieve those, you're going to fail a whole lot. You're going to cry a whole lot. You're going to get frustrated a whole lot. You're going to be scared. And that's just the nature of life. A lot of times we look at successful people. And I know some of these people I mentioned, are going to say they were canceled this year. Okay, like Rachel Hollis was someone I looked up to, have been looking up to for a couple of years now. Um, Oprah Winfrey is a big one. Um, all of these women or people in general who are successful, if you look back at their stories, you know, they don't start that way. Um, and specifically, Oprah's story is really amazing. But anyway, if you just look at, you know, a lot of people will tell you, keep fighting, it's okay. Like, you have to do this, this, and this, and you'll be successful. The truth is, yes, there there are tools that can help you, right? I'm a big proponent of listening to and learning and educating yourself, right? You can wake up at 5 a.m. You could spend an hour a day on your goal. But as moms, that's not always realistic. And I think, you know, working hard, but it, but accepting the setbacks. Um, a lot of times, at least for me, and I feel like for a lot of people, we get really frustrated with ourselves when we said today we were going to eat only salad or, which isn't actually healthy, or, you know, I was going to run five miles this week and I only got to, to walk a mile because, Emily got the sniffles and then my husband had overtime and I was stuck at home with the kids and it's too cold to take them out and all this other stuff. 
I see so many successful women. And when I think about how successful some of them were, a lot of them were, you know, they got there before they had kids, one. And then two, women who are successful in motherhood, you have to give yourself that window of grace because you're a mom, right? Because we already carry so much. And so when you have this, you know, plan laid out in front of you, you're going to do this, 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 no matter what. Well, there should be a clause in there that says, except for when it's not possible because you're a mom, because now there's a school appointment. And I think it's just kind of a slippery slope to be a mom and trying to achieve something because, you know, you do need to prioritize yourself. However, you do have a family and if you do have a job, that has to happen too. And so anyway, all of this just to say, fall down seven times, stand up eight, but just know when you're starting a journey And I actually recently came to this as I'm working on a completely different type of project that I haven't touched since I was younger, um, a lot younger. And I'm really excited to do this just for me and to see what happens and to see how creative I can be. But, you know, when you're starting that kind of journey, I don't want I mean, yes, tell yourself you can do it, but don't, you know, it's going to be hard. (laughs) There's going to be days you don't want to do it. There's going to be days you cry. There's days that I don't have the time to podcast. There's weeks where I look at my week and I go... Okay, but realistically, when was I going to be able to get this done? And this is actually one of those weeks. I'm surprised I have this couple of minutes. But what ends up happening when you do have a goal or a dream is something else gets sacrificed. So right now, I am working in podcasting. So work in a way is getting sacrificed, but not really because I am able to kind of do both at the same time. But it's just little things like that. If it's like hanging out with your kids or, or you know, for 30 minutes or running for 30 minutes you know, something gets sacrificed. And that is a hard pill to swallow. So on to courageous Christmas conversations continued with conversations to have with yourself. So remember, this series, we're going to like have conversations we don't necessarily want to have, right? Like we're going to have to talk about things we don't necessarily want to. Sorry, guys, my computer. Um, Because that is the nature of growth. Like you have to look at the uncomfortable to grow. So we're going to get started with that first, with having this conversation, look in the mirror, sit down with yourself, get a journal, figure out however you want to do it and think of how, what am I doing that is hindering the life that I want to create? What is hindering my lifestyle, my routine, my finances, my day to day? What am I doing that's hurting who I want to become is a better way to put put it. What am I doing that's hurting who I want to become? So a lot of times we see on social media, people have all these expensive bags or maybe not even, or have like these perfectly clean houses or really big houses or all of these, you know, their hair is always perfect. And I don't post that often because mine never is that perfect. So when it is, I'm like, oh, quick, take a picture because I look okay today. But um A lot of times when we, for instance, when I think about the type of woman I want to be, and Rachel Hollis actually outlines this uh, a couple times in one of her books where, you know, you're supposed to like list out exactly who you want to be in 10 years. So for me, you know, I have a certain car, I have a certain, what do I do every day? I drink a smoothie for breakfast. I um, always do my hair and makeup in the morning. My outfits are cute, but casual, like they're cute and casual at the same time, like nothing over the top. And 
I work out three times a week. I get to go to this and that and all of these things, right? But what am I doing right now that's like hindering myself from being that person? Like in my my ideal world, I would be doing like speaking engagements and be talking to moms about and like doing mom retreats. So one, what am I, what do I need to do to get there? And two, what am I doing that's stopping me from getting there? And it could be sometimes when you have a goal, like let's say you want to buy a house in two years. Well, how much are you saving versus how much are you spending? Um, and if you're like me, I, um, my, one of my love languages is gift giving and people want to act like, oh, things don't make you happy, but there is true, there is a true serotonin release. I think, um, when you buy something that instant gratification does happen. And so how do you, you know, check yourself at target or check yourself, um, with groceries or check yourself with, clothes and then also get meet your needs and enjoy life because I do think there's a balance between looking at your finances and saving and then looking at your finances and enjoying I think you can do both but some things do have to get sacrificed I think what scares people especially people who are not like average people right like we have a set limit for each month we do like we're just normal people like we're not millionaires we're just like regular nine to fivers or stay-at-home moms or whatever we are the thing that scares us with finances, if you have to look at your credit, if you have to look at um, how much is in your bank account and you're like kind of like, oh, I just want everything to be better, but I hate looking at it because it makes me anxious, is that we feel, you feel like all of a sudden, like I'm going to have to sacrifice everything. That means my kids could never sign up for dance class because I should save that. That means that um, it means that I can't drink these smoothies because they cost the fruit costs too much money. So I will never be healthy or I can't join this gym because I can just work out at home. And I think that there's like, um, this kind of balance. I don't know why we're into this conversation, but I think you should also know yourself, right? So for instance, you could say, let's say you spend like $40 a month on a gym membership. I think I was spending like 39, something roughly around that at one point when I had a gym membership a while ago before when I was getting married. That's probably the last time I had a gym membership. Um, and you get fitness classes, you get a gym, you get to do whatever. There's a pool. Cool. So you're spending like $39 a month just for you. I know as you add family members, it gets more expensive. Is it cheaper for you to just go for a run outside, use your body as a weight and look at, you know, do a yoga DVD or I say DVD or like stream a yoga, like stream beach body. Well, you can't really stream. Like, you know, if you go on Amazon prime, there's actually, if you have Amazon prime, there's actually a good number of workout videos and there's YouTube videos. Is it cheaper to do that? You could save $40 a month and, oh, correct. I have to get the baby. Sorry guys. $40 a month. That's $480 a year. That's, that's a lot. If you think about it, that's that's a good amount of money to save. Sorry, Elliot fell and then was crying and I was like, oh great, I'm gonna have to go grab him. Um, He's okay. So, you know, realistically speaking, $480 might not seem like a lot, but if you invest that and let the money grow, it could become a lot. So there are ways to do it. Now, you could spend, it depends on what's important to you too. So is it really important that you get this workout in? And are you only going to get it in if you go to the gym? I'm that type of person. 
I'm, I can promise you it is more cost effective for me to go for a run and do a workout video. I will never do that. I will, however, look at the workout schedule and see, oh, on Tuesday, there's yoga. I can make that. On Thursday, there's Zumba. I can make that. On Monday morning, there's cycle and boot camp. I can make those. And I will consistently do those classes where if you ask me to consistently go for a run or do a video, I don't have that discipline. And so anyway, I'm saying all of this to say, if your goal is to have all of this money, maybe you have to sacrifice the gym. If your goal is to get in shape, maybe you have to sacrifice that money to pay for it if you're not the type to do it. Um, Whatever it is, you need to ask yourself, what am I doing that's hindering who I want to become? Am I staying up late watching shows when I should just get some rest and get up early and tackle my to-do list or tackle, like work on the book I wanted to write or, you know, work on, you know, the bracelets that I sell or the tumblers, tumblers right now. People, if you know how to make custom tumblers, hit me up because I'm, I'm obsessed and I always want them specifically the Starbucks ones. I, I love them. I buy them on Etsy all the time, um, for gifts and then for myself. But anyway, that's the first conversation you need to have with yourself, especially going into the new year. Like, how did I trip up this year? I had these goals or I wanted to be this person and I'm not. Where did I trip up? And um, where can I kind of tighten that up? The next conversation you're going to want to have with yourself. Okay, the next conversation to have is what area of my life do I need to stop and address? And what I mean by that is what area of my life have I been struggling in that I need to stop and address and figure out how to either move on from something um, get help with something or really focus on self. What do I mean by that? That's kind of vague. So mental health is very important. And as moms, we kind of put that on the back burner. And it could be that you need to step up your self-care game. It could be that maybe you need to go, you've been thinking about going to therapy and you need to just go. It could be that there has been a riff in a relationship and you need to sit down and have a conversation and work on that relationship. It could be that you've been feeling really low lately and you know you need to just like take care of yourself to feel good. Where do you need to kind of up? You know, what area, I was gonna say up your self-care game. That's me, but where do you, what area of your life do you need to address and how can you make it a priority? So for instance, um, something that I have noticed is that and I saw this quote, it was like, moms have self-care, moms put themselves first so they can go back to putting themselves second. So it's like once a month, a mom might put, take care, might put herself first so that the rest of the month she can be second. And I think about how, even like when my kids eat dinner, I don't eat with them because I'm going to have to stop and get them, you know, drinks. Even if I start the meal off with drinks, food, everything laid out, I want more strawberries. I want I spilled something. Oh, you're not eating. So let me give you something else to eat. And so I end up eating last. And oftentimes my food gets cold and I get frustrated. And I feel like that's one of my biggest things is like, I can't wait to just have a meal where it's not cold, where I'm not stopping to do something. It's actually like my favorite moments in life. And honestly, um, I haven't been myself in so long, guys. And this, I don't know why I'm feeling emotional about, actually, I do know why I'm feeling emotional about this. So I'm scheduled this weekend. This is my first step to go away overnight for one night. I'm going with two of my best friends to go hang out, to have dinner, to do some fun Christmas stuff. 
um, to hit up wherever we want to go. We're going to DC. You're just going to have a good one overnight. I booked myself a suite with a king size bed and I'm not sharing it with anyone. And so what's happening on Saturday is I'm dropping my kids off at my mom's. Ethan and I are going to hang out this at this place called Main Event. It's really cool. They have bowling. They have karaoke. They have um, like food and drinks and um, virtual reality. They have like all this cool stuff in this one place. And so we're going to celebrate our um, best friend's birthday. And so we're going to leave the kids at one from like one to four. We're going to go hang out. And then at four, Ethan's going to go pick up the kids and take them home. And I am getting in the car and going to D.C. for the night with my friends. And I'm not lying to you when I tell you this is the hardest thing I've done all year. Um, Because Elliot's a breastfeeding baby. He co-sleeps. He still nurses at night. There's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't go. And so for in my head, and I think as a mom, we make up excuses like, oh, my kid needs me. My kid needs me. Yes, they need you, but they will be okay. And Ethan keeps telling me this because I keep trying to find ways to not go. Does he need to nurse at night? He's 15 months old. No. Does he do it because I'm right there? Yes. Would he do that? You know, when he's with Ethan, he doesn't try to eat from him. Like he's not dumb. Um, he was like, oh, that's my dad, not my mom. And so I'm worried that he's going to scream all night. I'm worried that the good thing is Elliot's a very good eater. So I will feed him before we leave at one o'clock in the day. And I do have milk left for him. He never has taken a bottle. Um, so I don't think he will, but he will be offered milk in a sippy cup, which he doesn't really take either. But I think he will be okay for a day, um, considering the fact that Um, Yes, he's been exclusively breastfed, but he is a very good eater. And I mean, very, very, very good eater. And so I'm not, I'm just going to make sure that all his favorite foods are in the house and he has his favorite meal for dinner and so that he eats really well at dinner and then he sleeps really well and he'll be full. I'm going to have a good night snack figured out for him, for Ethan to give the kids and I'm going to go try to have fun. Because when Mia was around this age, I was going out once a week to karaoke. And then here comes COVID. So now I'm afraid of COVID. Here comes, you know, Mia was breastfed, but she also took bottles really well because I was at work. Elliot's never had to do that. And so he never, he never took a bottle. He never took a pacifier. And so here I am for the first time in like three years, you know, spending a night away from my children. And I feel so bad about it, guys. (laughs) But it's necessary. And sometimes necessary things are hard. Like, a lot of times I'll think whatever feels right for me is right. And 99% of the time it's true. My intuition never fails me. However, um, that doesn't mean that this is easy. And so because I have, my husband runs a basketball league. So he goes to, he works, let me tell you about our week. And you guys are going to be like, that's nothing. I know some people have it harder, but this is just my reality. My husband goes into the office on um, Mondays and Wednesdays right now, and he's gone from 7 a.m. until 7.30 p.m., so it's just me and the kids. Then he goes up to Frederick, which is like a 45-minute drive, um, to, and then he'll be there for like three hours once a week in the evening to do basketball-related items, and then he has overtime at home so he'll be working but he still won't get off until like 6 45 and so I'm still doing the mom thing and so he's gone to meetings and I've you know I'm I'm working too and so 
the reality is that he spends a lot more time away than I do, which is typically how it is with dads because that's just how society has been and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so I, I, I do this time away. Like, I'm due. Like, I, I never get away. But I, that doesn't mean I don't feel bad about it. But it's just the start of feeling human again. I told myself, you know, once a week, I need to start going to sit in a coffee shop for an hour. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I am working on some projects on my computer. I could grab coffee and sit in a coffee shop for an hour if they let you do that during COVID. I don't know. My county's really relaxed. They probably won't. They probably will. And, um, you know, the area that needs to be addressed... Um, the area for me is feeling like myself. Do your, go get your nails done. I don't care that you're going to be an hour away from your kids. I do little, little weird things like that. Like, oh, it's going to cost this much. Okay. But you're going to feel good after. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting, um, place to be, but you need to ask yourself, you know, what do I need to do? What, and that might be that you need to go to therapy. Um, I considered it. And I'm not against it. I've done, listen, I've done therapy many times in my life. I'm not in a place or space where it is a must-do. It's always helpful, though. And so if I ever feel like it's a must-do, I typically do. Um, And my job even has a therapist that I saw last year. That's really great. And so if you need to go to therapy, go. There's no shame. And honestly, it's a break from your kids, too. Um, If you need a break, you just got to be like, honey, I got to go to therapy. And then usually that gets their attention. They're like, therapy, are you okay? And then you're like, yeah, I'm just tired or yeah, whatever. And it could be for any number of reasons. It could be that you're literally just burnt out and you need to do a mental restart. Therapy is amazing. I've done it for very serious problems and I've done it for just life. Anyway, so conversation number two is what do you need to address in your life? The last conversation you need to have, and this is one, um, well, maybe it's like two, but I will say this. What do you need to leave behind in this year? What is something you've held on to this whole year? For instance, I lost this friendship that I lost around March, April of of, um, this past year. I'm trying to remember because I'm trying to remember what I did for my birthday. And I know that my friend was, I don't think they were around for that. And I held on to that for a year. I've told my friends I'm, I'm bitter. I held on to that for a year. I need to look at that friendship lie and die in 2021 where it died, right? Also, I honestly want to leave behind a lot of stuff. I feel like as humans, we tend to be hoarders and not all people, but me for myself, I know there's a lot of clothing. I just need to get rid of. In fact, everything in my closet, I would prefer, I honestly would prefer, and I would honestly do this. I would pay someone to go into my closet and throw, like, don't touch my wedding dress. And I have this one shelf that has like things I typically, like I reoccurringly wear and I have some dresses hanging up. Don't touch like my dresses. Those are good. Like I have to go to, I have a dress that's like good if I need to go to a wedding. Um, I have like one for like two kind of formally dresses. One dress is like, I have like some good basic dresses for events, but everything else in my closet, cause my closet is like littered with stuff on the floor. Please come in, throw it all away. Cause I haven't missed it in a year. So throw it all away. And if I need something, if it's like, oh, shoot, you threw away my favorite shorts, I will go find some new favorite shorts. I think we hold on to just stuff, like dumb stuff. Um, And some, like, sentimental stuff is fine. Like, my pregnancy clothes, 
I currently do not wish to have any more children in the next year to two years to three years. Um, and I will revisit that again in a couple of years. And so in this time, if I, between now and a couple of years, because I know my fashion taste changes and I will also be out of my twenties, I will want all new maternity clothes. And who knows? The thing about saving maternity clothes is that that's annoying. Is unless you know like you're going to continue to grow your family, then by all means save them. But at least like from baby number one to baby number two, I wanted different stuff. First of all, with Mia, I gave birth to her in July. And then with Elliot, I gave birth to him in October. And so I got to wear a lot of the same clothes. But then I was pregnant in the fall for a while and it was kind of cold. And I didn't have any long sleeve, like warm stuff. I just had like tank tops and flowy skirts. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work. And so I had to buy like four shirts so to cycle through. And so anyway, all of that, I, I can remember my pregnancy just fine. I don't need to save a maternity shirt. Um... I really want to just restock everything in my life and really reset in 2022. And that means getting rid of all my old clothes, all of my old shoes, like all of them. Why am I holding on to them? There's other people. I have clothes sitting on the floor that someone could be wearing because they're nice. Like I have some good stuff. They're just not my style anymore. They could be someone else's style. That's fine. Um, and so what do you need to let go of this year? So for me, I had to let go of like some anger, resentment that I had, um, I had to let go of, you know, some dreams that I had for this year. And then I need to actually let go of, I need to actually purge the stuff. And it's actually hard to do that. Um, Putting it on a calendar is a good thing to do. And I'm actually looking at my calendar now. And I think next Saturday is a great time to to do that. It is the week before Christmas. Out with the old and with the new. I'm actually going to put it on my calendar. So what do you need to get rid of? And also what leaps do you need to make? I will tell you this. I don't know if I told you guys this. I bought a new car. I've been talking about buying a new car for a year. And I've been talking about getting an SUV for a year. Finally did. I love my new car. I was scared. I wasn't sure like what brand of car. I guess that's not what it's called. Like it's like make and model. I wasn't sure like what was the best. And I had searched high and low asked mom groups numerous times like what do you guys drive what do you love what do you hate how many car seats can you fit and i was set on having a third row this is a whole different conversation i was set on having a third row not because i intend to have more kids but i don't want to be like oh i'm done and then you know boom accidents happen and now i don't have room for my third baby or i wanted trunk space right so my third row had to be fold foldable so I didn't really want a minivan. I wanted my third row to be able to be down most of the time. So right now in my car, my third row is not up. So I have a lot of trunk space. Double stroller can fit in there. A ton of groceries can fit. Like anything could kind of fit in there. That's what I wanted. I wanted to have a lot of trunk space, but the option of having seats if, you know, my friends and I all want to get in the car to go see Christmas lights together. Okay, cool. We all are going to the same place. Why, why don't we take one car? Um, and I can do that now. I couldn't do that before. I used to, I drove a tiny car and we kept it. So now I have two cars. Well, now actually at my house, we have three. One isn't working. We're going to get rid of it. Um, but I sat in it for a year and I, and I was like haunted. Like if I buy this, it's not going to work. Like, why would your car not work? My opinion of, I'm not a car person. So car people will hate me. And here's the new opinion I've come to. Every car has its good and it's bad. 
Now, there are some cars that are better than others. There are some cars that have better safety designs. That's what you look for when you're a mom, right? Is my car safe? Is it going to get me from point A to point B? Does it have the things I want it to have? Um, yeah, how much mileage if you buy a used car? Um, if you buy a new car, you know, like, do I want to make, make sure you have warranty? All this stuff, right? By the end of the day, whether you buy the Honda Pilot or a Toyota RAV4, I don't even know if that's one. I think I looked at that for a minute. Or, you know, a Kia Sereno I looked at for a long time. A Dodge Journey. Like, whatever you buy. Or Dodge Durango. Like, whatever the brand is, right? All of these cars, you're like, and it's not always just the company. I've always driven Fords, by the way, never had an issue. It's not, they just, they just didn't make a Ford that fit my needs um, for this experience. Every car is going to have issues. So just like do it, like just get, get what you need. I sat for a year and now I feel dumb because we could have gone so many places in my car, my new car, but we will next year. So there you go. Courageous conversations to have with yourself about the hard stuff. Talk about the hard stuff and the things you need to like really clear out and get rid of. I saw a post by Dave Ramsey, not Gordon Ramsey. There's finance guy, then there's food guy. So I saw a post by Dave Ramsey and it was like two pictures of the earth and it was like the earth before you made a mistake. And then it shows the earth after you made a mistake. And it's like the same So, and a lot of times, if you're dramatic like me, you do one thing bad, you hurt your kids' feelings, you, I don't know, the world goes on. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you didn't hit your savings goal this month. You didn't get to the gym as many times. Like, give yourself a break. Life doesn't run perfectly and smoothly. You can plan for things. You can do your best. And that's pretty much it. But again, you know, there are tools that help you be more successful than you have been in the past. If you sat on an idea for a year, maybe you need some tools to help you move forward. I also believe in time and place. Um, like my car, I sat on for a year. But then, you know, I, you know, last month I bit the bullet and did it right when we needed it. Because Ethan was going back into the office. And he has to use my car because his car is broken. Um, my old car. So I needed my new car. I needed it fast. And... Um, Oh, my computer. Um, Things like that. So, continue on. Something that that I have to do on my work day is that it's actually really hard for me. And I just worry about my future. Um, Whenever I do have to go into the office, like, how am I going to be with my kids? Am I just going to flat out quit? Am I going to do it? Who knows? I don't have any answers for that. But um, right now, Ethan has the kids downstairs in the basement. I have been working this afternoon and typically I spend a good chunk of my morning getting the kids straight for the day. That means they wake up, they got to brush teeth, they got to get butts changed, they need to get breakfast, they need to clean up breakfast, need to lay out clothes because they probably got their pajamas dirty and they need to change. And so I spend a good hour and a half, you know, two hours in the morning running around or, you know, trying to put Elliot back to sleep so I can get some work done. And then I get into hyper-focus mode at work and I'm super productive um, when Ethan can take the kids. And so he has them right now because I actually have to write a speech for, for a talk I'm doing tomorrow. And I'm a little bit anxious about that um, purely because I haven't figured out what I'm saying yet. And 
there have been many times in my life where I haven't shown up for something I've wanted to do that scares me. I did theater in college, you know, I did communications and marketing and stuff. And so public speaking is something that, yeah, I get nervous. Yeah, my heart beats faster. Yeah, I don't like you know, love to, to do it. I hate the like lead up to it. But once I'm talking, once I'm acting, once I'm doing whatever on stage, I'm fine. Like I'll get over it. Um, stage fright. I think everyone has like a mild form of it. Um, it's more like fear of embarrassment more than, you know, I'll say whatever I want in front of you as long as I don't sound dumb. And so I think that is, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, anyway, I'll I'll be fine. But I was going to say, a lot of times we kind of back out of things we want because we get scared. Social anxiety is real. There have been times I didn't want to go to the grocery store because I knew I was going to have to interact with a cashier. And this is real life. This is real millennial quarantine. Not just millennial, but just like having been in quarantine, socially awkward person kind of thing. And when I talk to my friends and family, they're like, you are not socially awkward. I was like, yeah, but in my brain, I am. Like in my brain, I operate on a weird level and I don't want to have, you know, conversation with people. And it's just like a weird experience where, you know, I have to plan what I'm going to say at the checkout line or before I call somebody to place an order. Uh, or to to do enroll in something or change something with a policy. Whenever I call on the phone, I practice what I'm going to say before I say it. And um, I didn't realize that was like an anxious thing that people did. And actually, a lot of people do it. I thought it was just smart. Like, let me figure out what I'm going to say before I say it so I don't sound dumb. Anyway, um, it is Christmas and it is time to focus on, well, let's not say it's Christmas. Let's say it's the end of the year and it's time to start focusing on the goals that you'll have for next year. The thing about goals and New Year's resolutions is this. I believe in them. I believe that the first of the year is a beautiful time marker. I also believe that your goals starting at the beginning of the year should maybe be for three months instead of the whole year. It's kind of like, um, like if you ever do a, a payment plan for something or, um, an enrollment plan, right? Like you could, you know, get charged monthly, get charged yearly, which is always cheaper than monthly in case you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, no, you just, you should just pay for the cost up front. It ends up being, you know, significantly cheaper, um, depending on the service. But a lot of times, you know, it's a lot easier to pay for the whole year at one time, $59 for the whole year than it is to pay $10 a month for the year. Hell of a lot cheaper. Um, but, Anyway, just think about your goals as like renewals and subscriptions for months January through March. I'm subscribing to drink 80 ounces of water a day as an example. You're supposed to drink half your body weight. 80 ounces is um, more than half of my body weight. So yeah, drink half your body weight um, in water from March to from January to March start in December start doing it you don't have to track it if you don't want to if you're saying you know I'm really gonna start on the first but start you know taking baby steps towards that goal right now and then you you do you focus on that goal from January to March and then at the end of March or in the middle of March um you assess how you did and you decide okay do I want to increase my goal Do I need to decrease my goal to something a little more realistic? A lot of times we fail at goals because we make them too big. And you're like, you know what? I could do a thousand, 
you know, reps of ab work. I used to do that when I was in college. I was insane. <laughs> but anyway, or like 300 reps every day for the rest. And I've made that my goal many times this past year. I am not 18 years old. I could do 100 reps, 50 reps. I could do whatever. Because, you know, 25 reps, five days a week. That's more than zero. That's more than being overwhelmed by the big goal I set on me. And so I'm not going to do any. So the point is that when it comes to goals and New Year's resolutions, I'm just thinking about it as we finish thinking our conversation, our courageous conversation we should have with ourselves are what small goals can I set that will help me reach a bigger goal? If your big goal for next year is to get into the best shape of your life, well, where can you start? If you drink soda, maybe you start by cutting that out. If you um, are stagnant and don't exercise, maybe you start by walking every day. And then, you know, in three months, you can up that goal. But let's get, let's get that goal started. And I think that's kind of the beauty. I really operate in threes. It's just a whole, it's a perfect number. I just love three. And so three months is a great time to do a goal. And it's okay to do the same goal again. You could say, that was great. I feel really good. I don't feel the need to increase or decrease my goal right now. Let me try it for another three months. And you'll continue to see results. It might be, you know what, I'm going to go to bed an hour earlier or 30 minutes earlier. And I'm really going to go to sleep. I'm going to turn off my electron. Whatever your goal needs to be, three-month three increments, I think, are, you know, going to be more successful than saying for the next 12 months, I'm going to blank. Well, you could, but that's actually overwhelming and daunting. And if it's not specific, you'll forget about it. I've been like, I'm going to work out. Okay. Where am I working out? How often am I working out? What is the goal with I'm working out? And so breaking down that goal can really help you. And um, I'm excited to like write down my goals and stuff. I'm super busy for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be able to like really rethink and reset closer to Christmas, that weekend of Christmas and stuff. And so I'm going to encourage you to do the same. But thank you for joining me with this episode. I actually have to go. I have a really, really busy week. Um, I have so much more to catch up with you guys. And the next week's conversation is going to be courageous conversations to have with your spouse, your partner. And if it's not even if your spouse, if you're not married, um, if you're just dating somebody or, you know, if you want to be dating somebody, this, th these conversations will apply at some point. So that'll be next week's episode. And I hope to talk to you guys then. Stay safe, stay warm, and I'll see you next week. Bye.